This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name's Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them, this podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is Episode 8. Let me introduce you to the charitable deduction. Today's topic is one of the big ones, one of those big basic concepts that undergird the entire world of charitable giving. Today, I want to introduce you to the charitable deduction. When people think about giving to charity, which is an awesome thing to do, by the way, they often think about the tax benefits associated with charitable giving. And it's good that they do. We don't give to charity in order to get tax benefits, but we should certainly try to get the best bang for our philanthropic buck when we do. Well, this concept of the charitable deduction is exactly where those tax benefits pop up. We need to understand the basic structure of this charitable tax deduction in order to set the stage for many, many episodes to come. To do this, we need to lay out a bit of the basic structure of the U.S. tax system. Now, before any of you zone out and turn off, don't worry. This is high-level stuff, and it will make plenty of sense. But I did promise that this would be a podcast about navigating the U.S. tax system, so stick with me. This is important. And one quick note, what follows only applies to your federal taxes. Your state taxes, totally different deal. But they also happen to be less important generally, so we're going to stick with the federal stuff. But anyway, onward. Here's the basic deal. To understand how a philanthropist benefits from the charitable deduction, we only need to understand three numbers on that person's individual tax return. The adjusted gross income, the deduction, and the taxable income. It works like this. Though, by the way, this is the extremely simplified version. As I'm sure all of you aspiring CPAs out there know, this can get a bit complicated. But the basic structure is pretty straightforward. First, we have the adjusted gross income. In a nutshell, this is all the money you brought home in a year. There are a fair few adjustments, but basically, you add up all the money you made in wages, interest, social security, capital gains, whatever. This is your adjusted gross income. After that, we find your deduction. Hold that thought for a minute, and we'll come right back to it. But after you take the appropriate deduction, plus a few more adjustments, the number you're left with is your taxable income. This is the number the government uses to calculate the tax you owe. Now back to the deduction section. This is the important bit. In its infinite wisdom and generosity, the federal government allows every person, or married couple, to straight up deduct a certain amount of money from the adjusted gross income. You don't have to do anything at all to be entitled to this deduction. Everyone gets it automatically. This amount is called, rather uncreatively, the standard deduction, since it's, you know, standard. In 2021, the last completed tax year before this episode was published in 2022, if you're filing your taxes as a single person, then your standard deduction is $12,500. If you file as a married couple, then your standard deduction is $25,100. Now let me explain exactly what that means. Take the example of a married couple. To use nice round numbers, imagine that this couple had total take-home wages of $100,000 this year. This would be their adjusted gross income. Now they take the standard deduction for a married couple of $25,100, $100,000 minus $25,100 gives us $74,900. This is the couple's taxable income. In other words, the number they will pay taxes on. That's the standard approach. Everyone's entitled to it, and you don't have to do anything to get it. However, there is a second approach to the deduction part of your tax return. There is a system that can, under certain circumstances, give you a larger deduction from your adjusted gross income. This system is known as itemized deductions. 
Itemized deductions consist of a specific list of expenses that the federal government lets you add up. If those expenses add up to a number that is larger than the standard deduction, then you can subtract that larger number instead of the standard deduction. So in our example above, suppose that your itemized deductions add up to $35,000. This is larger than the standard deduction of $25,100, so you would take the itemized deductions instead of the standard deduction. In this case, $100,000 minus $35,000 leaves only $65,000. So this would be your taxable income and you would pay less in taxes. So far, so good. But now the nub of the thing. What is that list of expenses that the government lets you count as itemized expenses? To be honest, that list was significantly shortened in 2018, and now it's a pretty short list. But here are the major items you can take as itemized deductions. Number one, state and local income taxes, up to a point. Number two, real estate taxes. Number three, mortgage interest. Number four, disaster losses. And number five, and this is the big one, charitable gifts. Aha, that sounds familiar. This is where the famous charitable deduction lives. When you make a gift to charity, you can take a charitable deduction for the fair market value of the gift, and it counts as one of your itemized deductions. And to repeat myself, if your itemized deductions exceed your standard deduction, then, and only then, would you take a charitable deduction and get a tax benefit from your charitable giving. As a brief side note for pedantic accuracy, there is a little exception to this that is taken as a reduction in adjusted gross income, but please ignore this topic for the moment. I am only mentioning it here so I don't get emails from well-intentioned listeners pointing out that I forgot it. But anyway, <clears throat> let's make it all crystal clear with an example. Again, imagine our married couple that has an adjusted gross income of $100,000. The couple has a mortgage and in 2021, they paid $15,000 in interest on that mortgage. They also had to pay $5,000 in state, local, and real estate taxes, and that's all the itemized deductions they have. In that case, their itemized deductions equal $20,000. That's less than the standard deduction of $25,100, so they would take the standard deduction and get their maximum benefit. But now imagine that same couple made charitable gifts of $5,000. Now their itemized deductions equal $25,000. Did they get a tax benefit from, the, from that charitable gift? Not actually. That's because their itemized deductions were still less than the standard deduction. But what if they made charitable gifts of $15,000? Now we have a different situation. Now their itemized deductions equal $35,000, and this number is larger than the standard deduction. So they would take their itemized deductions and get a tax benefit from their charitable giving. Phew, we made it. That's the quick version of the charitable deduction. To put it in one sentence, if your itemized deductions, which include your charitable giving, exceed your standard deduction, then you get a tax benefit from your charitable giving. But if your charitable giving does not get your itemized deduction over the line, you still get to take the standard deduction. You didn't get a tax benefit from your charitable giving, but we also know that tax benefits are not why we give to charity. You did a good thing, so good on you. As we move forward through many more episodes, we'll be talking about the charitable deduction plenty. It's not the only topic in charitable giving, but it might feel like it sometimes. We want to maximize it, and there are plenty of rules about how to do it, so it's important to have a basic grasp of it. I hope this episode helps with that. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, please share it on your social media platform of choice. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a rating or review for the show on whatever podcast service you use would really help to get the word out about the show. 
You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at thesavvyphilanthropist.podbean.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at the link below in the show notes. You can follow me on Twitter where I am at RossPlan. And if you have any ideas, suggestions, or helpful insights, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for Episode 8. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll talk about how to actually take the charitable deduction when you make philanthropic gifts. The IRS is pretty finicky about this, and it's important to get it right. Until then, remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.